All right, brethren, well, let's turn to Psalm 43. Psalm 43. I'm going to give the title. That's a question. And then hopefully at the end of it, we'll ask ourselves a question. The title of the message is, Why Go I Mourning? Why? Why do I go around sad and weeping and feeling sorry for myself and so tore up over providence and why? Hopefully the Lord will show us here. Psalm 43, verse 1. David writes here, Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Some of the old writers say that this psalm, it's just a continuation of Psalm 42. We looked at last time. Verse 5 here and and verse 11 in Psalm 42, they're just about the same. They're almost the same, aren't they? Look at our page over Psalm 42, verse 11. David finishes there. says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. That's the only word of difference. Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Some say this is the end of book one of the Psalms and it's the beginning of book two. And so obviously, if that's the case, and they are different Psalms, I can look at that. <laughs> you can too. They stand alone, obviously. These are two separate Psalms, but they, they seem so closely related, don't they? It seems like almost word for word. They both almost end exactly the same way. Why? Is that odd? Do you find yourself singing or praying? Call it out to God. Almost the same thing over and over, day by day, month by month, year by year. It might be worded a little different. It may be raining instead of snowing or sunshiny instead of cloudy. It's, it's about the same thing, isn't it? It's about the same thing. Joseph, he had those that same problem with him there in Genesis 39.10 with Potiphar's wife. Said she, she went to day by day. We have... So much sin and woes and troubles, sometimes day by day. They just don't change much. Especially, especially, we have that same thing we cry out, especially when it's from a position of being cast down. Especially when it's from a position of exceeding sorrow. Not, well, I'm, just, I'm a little discomforted in that. 
It's easy to say, well, thank you, Lord. That, that mild discomfort you sent me. But whenever it's serious, it's heavy. We cry out the same thing, don't we? I think this will help some folks. Turn over to Matthew 26. Matthew 26. Our Lord has went to a place called Gethsemane. He brought three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. He said, you sit here with me while I go to pray. Here in Matthew 26, verse 37, we'll pick up. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, wait here. And watch with me. And he went a little further. And he fell on his face and he prayed. And and the Lord tells us what the Lord prayed. That's something. Saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Verse 40, he says, And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. He saith unto Peter, What, could you not watch with me an hour? You couldn't make it a whole hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I know inside of you, Peter, is what he's saying. He said, You have a spirit in you, because it's my spirit, I put it there, and it's willing, but boy, it's housed in this body of death. Isn't it? That's one of those types. We can just take small pieces. The Lord said, oh, ye of little faith. Do you hear what he said? He said, we had faith. And if he gave it, that's all I need. <laughs> that's saving faith. He gave it, isn't it. But he says there in verse 42, and he went again the second time. He went and told him, he said, y'all stay awake with me. Stay with me. It's important. And he went away the second time and he prayed saying, oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Now, the subject was the same, What? What he prayed to Father up in verse 39, it's, it's the same thing. But his word is just a little bit different. That's what was on his heart. That's why he was sorrowful. That hour was coming. That's why it was so heavy. Verse 43, and he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again. And he played the third time, saying the same words. The same word. He said the same thing. He went and prayed the same thing three times. In chapter 6 of Matthew, our Lord said this. He said, But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Well, that's too short a prayer. Father, glorify your name. Amen. Well, that won't do. I've got to add some stuff in there. Uh, what, what did they say there in 1 Kings? Whenever those prophets of Baal they gather around, it says from morning even unto noon, from six hours. They got out there and they just probably rocked back and forth. Oh, Baal, hear us. Oh, Baal, hear us. Father, hear us now. Oh, Heavenly Father. <laughs> they sang it and they rocked and checked because they got bored for six hours saying the same thing over and over and over. And Elijah mocked them. He said, maybe he's hard of hearing. Won't you say it a little louder? Maybe he's taking a nap. Won't you wake him up? Maybe he's in the bathroom. He's busy, right? Give him five minutes to try again. He mocked them, didn't he? Because they're saying the same thing over and over and over. Well, didn't our Lord say the same thing three times? 
That's not a vain repetition, is it? That's not a useless to be seen of men. Only the child of God who has experienced begging. Begging. You can tell the difference between vainly repeating a mantra and petitioning the almighty God because of our sorrow. What did David say over and over? Save, Lord. Mercy. That's one word. Mercy. You're crying to the one who, who gives it, who's able if he's willing. And that's what you need. One word. Mercy. That's not vain, is it? I need it. It's not vain. He's able. He delights to show mercy. That great apostle Paul, he wasn't bragging when he said, I've labored more than them all. He wrote more than anybody else. He traveled and preached more than anybody else. He worked harder than anybody else. He prayed more than anybody else. He did. It's just a fact. But he had a thorn in his flesh, didn't he? The whole time he's writing the bulk of that New Testament, he had a thorn in his flesh. That choice servant of the Lord. We know he's used mightily. He prayed three times, just like our Lord prayed three times in Gethsemane. He said, take this thorn from me, Lord. Take this thorn from me. Surely, if, 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 if Paul prayed three times, surely if our Lord prayed three times, he said, not my will, but your will. I could pray six times, couldn't I? Is that okay? I think I could go to nine times or 12 times, 333 times, couldn't I? If it's a need, if it's from sorrow, not from this, don't not buy me a new Mercedes Benz. Lord, give me a, a pure heart. Give me your righteousness and, and let me see you. I know you've done it, but I've I've wondered and I'm prone to wonder. I don't see. It's like you hid your face from me. Let me see Christ one more time today. We keep asking him, don't we? David wrote this. He said, "Cast thy burden upon the Lord." That word means throw it out, throw it down, throw it away from you. Just Chuck it. <laughs> Cast your burden, literally and figuratively. Take it to him. It's his. He gave it. Just take your burden to the Lord. And he shall sustain thee. You know, prayer, a, a portion of prayer, it's praise and, and petition. We ask the Lord. But a, a good chunk of that is submission. And if I thought I could do it, ain't no sense of me asking help. I don't need no help. But when we're brought to cry out, we're brought to pray. That's submitting to the Lord. And to do that, I've started praying before. I said, Lord, won't you? And then as I think it in my head, I'm like, that was dumb. I don't know. You've seen it, and it's right. And Lord, don't just give me the... And you see him a little bit, don't you? You submit to him. You see him who he is, who we are, and, and it calms you. Brings, you. brings you down a little bit, don't it? Back in our text. That first verse here, Psalm 43, there's three requests David has. David asked for three things in verse 1. The first thing he asks is for the Lord to be his judge. He says, judge me. Judge me. That's a bold request. Oh, buddy. Because God is a just judge. The judge of the earth shall do right. He will, won't he? Only the Lord Jesus Christ can be independent, can be an individual and, and say such a thing and live. Only he can. This is this is his words. Uh, if we're of our own accord, uh, do not go before a holy God and say, judge me by yourself. You'll be shot down. You won't be able to stand. David said that. He knew that, didn't he? Psalm 130. He said, if thou, Lord, should markest iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? 
can't stay in your presence, but there's forgiveness with thee. That's what was on the heart, wasn't it? There's forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. How can a sinner, born of Adam, ever ask God to judge thee? Lord, you put me in Christ, and when you judge me, you judge me in him. You look at my substitute, the one that stood as my surety, he stood in my place. I, they're on the back side of your bulletins, that article by Brother David Edmonds. I love articles like that. He makes a statement and just tells you what the Lord said on it, right? It's every bit in Christ. That's where everything is. That's our hope. That's our surety. It's in a person, in a person. And Lord, you judge me because I'm going to die one day, right? And then the after these things in the judgment, after this, the judgment, and you judge me and you judge me in him. <laughs> you said so. You put me there. You look to him, doesn't it? He must judge. And he must be our advocate. David said, judge me, O God. And he must intercede and represent us. That leads us to the second request. Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Be my lawyer. Be my advocate. You judge. We're in this court, your courtroom. Your holy courtroom. You be the judge. You judge me. And, and, and you be my advocate. You be my lawyer. If God is the one pleading my cause, if he's my advocate, if he's the one pleading my case, the case will be won. You get that? It's sure. That advocate, he's got to present the facts to the judge, doesn't he? That's what he does. John wrote that in 1 John 2. He said, My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. Don't willfully go out and sin, and you don't want to. If you've got a new creation in you, you, you don't want those things. He said, and if any man sin, when he sins, when it happens, it's going to, we have an advocate. We have one that will plead our case with the Father. Now, I want to know who that is. If I was going to be represented in the courthouse down in El Cajon, and they said, we've provided you a lawyer, uh, I want to sit down and know this person. <laughs> that man or that woman, whoever's going to represent me, I want to take them out to lunch or something. Who are you? Where are you from? What kind of grades did you get? <laughs> and did you, did you scrape by by the skin of your teeth or did you graduate top of your class? I want to know my earthly lawyer. Oh, how much more in his court? Who is that one that's an advocate with the Father? John said, Jesus Christ, the righteous, the holy, the, the perfect servant. That's who's our advocate. Lord, you judge me and he's going to be my lawyer. He's my advocate. He's my advocate. He must be my judge. He must be my advocate. And the third thing he asked for here, he must be the jury that delivers the, the right verdict. Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and the unjust man. O deliver me. You, you be the judge, you be the lawyer, and you be the jury. And you pronounce things as they are. And I want to be in him. Don't you? You pronounce things as they are. And you deliver me from the deceitful and the unjust man. That's everybody else, isn't it? You point with five fingers. What if I was alone on a deserted island? That hit home to me. There's a whole lot of applications I can make for that and give you examples in, in the world and your friends and the people that deliver propane to your property or whatever. Deliver me from this deceitful and unjust man. This one right here. And you have to do it. I know that. I can't do it. I can't clean up outside the cup. Uh, I, ain't even, I ain't in a cup. <laughs> Just a stack of red dirt. you got to do it, Lord. In ourselves, outside of Christ, 
a man or a woman, a child or anybody. I can tell you plainly, do not come to the throne of the triune God asking to be examined. Do not come asking to be your own. I'll sort this out. And don't come asking for a perfect verdict either. You'll be found guilty. All have come short. Have them. In Christ. If we're in him. He's our judge. He's our representative. He's the jury. Those looking to him for all. He's our Lord and our God. We can come to his throne of grace boldly. Because of him. With a clear conscience. David wrote this with a clear conscience. Everything that went on in his life with Bathsheba and Uriah and, and, and cowardice times and spittle running down his beard and him playing like he's crazy and all that stuff. It was wrong. He knows it's wrong. He said, because that blood was shed for me. And that's it. That's the only reason. Not because I chose, not because of nothing. But because he chose me and he's my judge and he's my advocate. He's my jury. I come here, Lord, and I can say boldly, you judge me. You represent me. And you deal in righteousness. You give the verdict, don't you? Only in his name because of his person and his word. That's what Paul was talking about in Romans 8. He said, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? He knew something about that courtroom, didn't he? The Lord's high courts. It's God that justifieth. We just stand there silent. Who is he that condemneth? Who's going to point a finger and say, what they did was wrong? It's Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. We're back to that advocate. I love that. Just sat down in me. He maketh intercession. That means there has been intercession. There's intercession right now, and there shall be intercession if he made it. And he may maketh it because we didn't have none. You get that? Well, how are we going to have intercession? Salvation's of the Lord. He's going to make it. He's going to have to do it all. David had a very good understanding of salvation by the grace of God. It's easy for us to think because we're so learned and our brains are just so big. I bet we're going to find out when we meet men of old and they live 700 years and we're just barely scraping by <laughs> cardily, right? Our, our IQ pretty low. It's probably in the thousands or something. But we think that all those saints of old, they just didn't have a good handle on stuff. But boy, now we really know the scriptures. David had a good understanding of salvation by the grace of God. He knew by experience about that ruin in the fall of Adam and ruin in himself. He didn't want just Adam's fault. It was his fault. And he knew he had been taught that he'd been bought by that precious blood of Christ. The Lord shall say to my Lord, sit thou on my right hand. He said, my substitute's coming. And he's about to die for me. And he knew it was solely, but it was the work of God that regenerated him in this new creation. I have a new man in me and you did it. It wasn't me. He knew those things. He wasn't ignorant of these things. He knew that sin he had been put away. Can you say that? Can I? Can I say that because of him, my sins, as far as the east is from the west, it's blotted out, never be brought up again, it's gone. It's been dealt with. It's paid for. Can we say that? An old writer said, it's not just right and just and glorious for the Lord to vindicate us. It's also just, it's right, and it's glorious for the Lord to vindicate himself. He chose to do it. And that's a, a, a hard thing for us to understand. But if, if the Lord, if Christ died for me and he loses one, he loses more than I lose. I'll have an eternity of damnation and that don't come. That don't even compare to him having a, a blemish in his glory and to his name. It's impossible. 
that can't be. He's the head, we're the body, and we're one with him, ain't we? He'll lose none. We dwell on these things during times of lowliness. We have to be cast down to call out like this. You ever had everything just going great? I mean, it was a really good day. You did your favorite activity, you ate your favorite food, the sun was shining, or if you like rain, it was raining, whatever. You had a great day, it was wonderful. And you just cried from the depths of your soul, Lord, save me. Judge me. Be my advocate. Well, I don't need an advocate. I'm on cloud nine. Right? He's got to bring us down. It's a, it's a pleasure to be down, to be low, to be cast down. Look at verse 2. He said, For because thou art the God of my strength, you're my strength, I must decrease and you must increase. And we got to get pretty decreased before we start saying that, don't we? And then sometimes we, we start to cry that out and the Lord cranks us down a little lower. And then he cranks us down a little lower. And then a little lower. As a pastor friend of mine, I've been preaching for 40 years. Now, it was encouragement for me to say, I prayed for wisdom one time. I said, Lord, be rough with me. I'll never ask that again. <laughs> he, he said, Lord, he said, you show me, give me a glimpse of what a sin sinner I am. Show me my sin. He said, I'll never ask that again. Oh, it's, we must, and as we decrease, it's a blessing. He increases. He's our strength. For thou, God, art the God of my strength. When I'm decreased, when I'm cast off, when I'm mourning, what's the solution? What's the solution? Because he says there, he says, why dost thou cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? When that happens, verse 3, Oh, send thy light and thy truth. That's a good place to be. Lord, send your light. Send thy truth. Lead, let them lead me. Let them bring me into thy holy hill, unto thy tabernacle. Does that mean I need to get some facts? Lord, you got to give me a little light on this. I need some truth so I can load my gun and I can have good theological arguments or let this little light of mine, we can say, shine. No, that's not what he's talking about. What does he say? Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Well, what's the light? What's John 8 say? Lord said, I'm the light of the world. John 14, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father by me. It, it, when he feels cast off, when he feels so down, it, it, that's when we cry out, Lord, send Christ to us. Let us see him again. Let us hear a word of him again. And then let him lead me, lead me by those still waters, those waters of judgment. He's, he calmed them. He's the one that spoke to the waves. Be still, didn't he? It's the waves. Pay attention to this man. It's a whole lot more than the waves. We have to see him. He has to lead us. And he has to bring me into his holy hill, into his tabernacle. Lord, you're my strength. You're my judge. You're my lawyer, the jury. But I'm cast down. And I'm weak. And I'm weary. Send your spirit to me to declare Christ one more time. One more time. Lead me by those still waters that you've satisfied. And bring me to your holy hill. Your holy hill. He said in Psalm 2, Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. We're brought to a person, not to a physical mountain. You get that? It's him. And your tabernacle, where you reside. But that tabernacle there also, it translates to grave. To grave. Lord, bring me to the finished work. Bring me to an empty tomb. I want to see it. I want to know this is sure. And show me in your word. Let me read it one more time. I forget. You ever read something? You say, what? how long has it said that? I've never seen that before. 
do that now, Lord. Show it to me. Reveal it. Make it, make it new and fresh today. He says in verse 4, Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God my God. Will I go to the house of the Lord in joy and praise him? Of course I will. If he does this, of course you will. He'll draw all this sheep in, and they'll gather where other sheep are that went through the same thing, and we'll get together and say amen. He gets all the glory. That's right, and I'm happy about it. Salvation's of the Lord. It better be. <laughs> Tickled to death to hear it. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. But that's not the altar that light and truth leads us to. Did you know that? That's not a physical place. It's not a physical altar. Read Hebrews 13. We have an altar. We have an altar. That's what he's going to bring us to. Whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. And he goes down further and he says, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice. Because of Christ our altar. Lead me to him. Bring me to him. Let me see that finished work one more time. Tell me the old, old story. And then we'll praise God continually. He says that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. And when we start out, the Lord's revealed himself to us to judge us. You be the judge. You be the lawyer. You be the jury. And show me Christ again. I'm weak and weary. I'm cast down. I'm low. It's like you, you, your mercies are clean gone forever, Lord, but you're faithful. I'm not. Show me him one more time. Bring me to him, the truth, the light, the altar. Let me see. Tell me of his name. Tell me of his finished work. When that happens, I've got a question for you. Verse 5, why art thou cast down on my soul? <laughs> you ever said that? You ever looked in the mirror and said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I ought to know better who, who, who I am and whose I am. <laughs> Ain't it? Why art thou cast down on my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Why am I nervous? Why do I sweat and worry? Why don't I just say, that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Your whole family's been wiped out, Job. Every, all your possessions are gone. All your cattle's gone. Your houses are gone. Your children's gone. I left your wife, and she's going to say mean, horrible things to you. Thank you, Lord. That's right. You did good. Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God. Or hope thou in God, like the last psalm says. Same thing. Isn't it? Hope in him. Have you tra your expected end. Not... And fingers crossed, I hope. I no, not in our modern language. Have your expected end in a person. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. You ever been sin sick? We get some sicknesses, don't we? He's my health. He's my health and I need him. And my God. That's so, is it? I hope that's a comfort to you. Brother Cass and Brother Trevor, if y'all would.